This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I stop me if you've heard this one before. I hate that expression, but it applies today. Stop me if you've heard this before. Donald Trump will be arraigned today at 4 p.m. in Washington, D.C., which means every single news outlet, every newspaper, every website, every TV station, every cable news channel will be focused on Donald Trump's latest arraignment as he's arraigned on uh, four charges in a Washington, D.C. Uh, district court where a Trump-hating judge will admonish him and uh, I assume release him on personal recognizance, but maybe not. Maybe she'll <laughs> remand him and uh, put him in jail, which would be wild. That will be the focus of all the news. But we got a couple of big, big, big bombshells today. And uh, the media will largely ignore it, but I don't care. This is amazing what we're living through. Tucker Carlson got fired back in April. And Tucker Carlson yesterday from his cabin in the woods in Maine made news, huge news uh, on a couple of uh, fronts. He sat down with Devin Archer uh, for a for a 12 minute interview. Part one, part two is coming. Devin Archer absolutely blew Donald uh, Dan, Dan Goldman's um, version of events out of the water. You're not going to believe this, but Dan Goldman lied his ass off when he said they just talked about the weather a couple of times on a phone call. Uh, no, that's not the way it went. Dan Goldman was asking the questions of Archer, getting the answers, and then he walked in front of the cameras and lied to the world. This was stunning, the the uh, the testimony from Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's best friend and business partner. He 100% implicates Joe Biden in these dirty deals, especially the one that uh, got the prosecutor fired who was looking into Burisma. And, and Devin Archer flat out says that Burisma would have gone out of business if Joe Biden hadn't intervened on behalf of his son, if he hadn't withheld $1 billion in U.S. aid uh, to get the uh, prosecutor Shokin fired and protect Burisma, there would be no Burisma. That is, according to Devin Archer, that is massive news. And it, on the same day, we get a leak from the National Pulse. Follow me on this because it is big. God knows we're talking a lot about January 6th. We've been talking a lot about January 6th for two and a half years. We will be talking about January 6th for the rest of our lives because it is such, it was such a boon. It was such a gift to the Democrats. Hell, they're trying to put Donald Trump in jail for January 6th. They've put many, many Trump supporters in jail. Many of them will be rotting there for years. They will use it against MAGA Republicans forever. And we've talked about the possibility that it was all a setup, that Nancy Pelosi didn't want the National Guard, that the Capitol Police were ordered to open the doors, and and people like Ray Epps, who may or may not be working for the feds, told everyone, let's go in the Capitol. They went in the Capitol, and the Democrats got exactly what they wanted. They got, they got the first violent uprising that they didn't support after years, a year plus, of riots in the streets, of BLM riots, of Antifa destroying cities with the support, with the applause of Democrats. They finally had a riot 
that they could use politically. And they did, and they have, and they continue to, and they will try to put Trump in prison for telling his supporters to go patriotically and peacefully to the Capitol. But we have a, we have an issue. We have a problem here. I've mentioned this before. It was, it was quite a revelation when Tucker Carlson sat down with Russell Brand and said he did an interview with the Capitol uh, Police Chief Stephen Sund. He did it on the last day that he worked at Fox. I believe on the second to last day. He was fired the next day. He sat down, did a long-form interview with the police chief. The police chief revealed, at least implied, that it was a setup, that he was not allowed to do his job. The interview never aired, and Tucker Carlson was subsequently fired from Fox. So Tucker lets that lets breaks that news, and you wondered, will we ever see that interview? The chances are, uh, I assume, no, of course not. Somebody at Fox doesn't want us to see this interview, and they spiked it, and they and then they showed Tucker the door, protecting whom? I don't know. Protecting Nancy Pelosi protecting the, the, the Capitol Police, the, the crisis actors who have gotten awards and, and contracts with CNN, those guys, uh, maybe. Well, thanks to the National Pulse, who somehow got a hold of this video, we get to see the interview now with Tucker and Police Chief Stephen Sund. Now, by any definition, this is massive news. This is a bombshell. This is a whole new look at what transpired on January 6th. Um, But the media, including, of course, Fox News, they won't show you this. They won't even tell you about this. Hell, they were forced to cover Tucker's interview with Devin Archer. And they, and you know, I I was, Fox News mentioned it. I think they mentioned Tucker's name once. Other than that, they just said, oh, Devin Archer did an interview and essentially uh, refuted everything Dan Goldman said. We're going to get to, Tucker with Devin Archer, but this is even more important. This is even more earth shattering. It really is. When you think about all we've done, all we've said, all we've covered, all we've talked about with uh, January 6th, this is, this is new. This is the police chief who was in charge of the Capitol police force that day and reveals in a new book and in an interview. And I'm not sure why he hasn't appeared anywhere else. I guess he's getting blackballed because he doesn't, his story doesn't fit the narrative, but essentially Stevenson says it was all a setup. Now, if we had an honest media and God knows we don't, God knows they will, they, it doesn't matter what Stevenson says, they will ignore it. They will talk about the threat to democracy. They will talk about how it was worse than 9-11 and we will get to that. We got a CNN contributor who says Trump is just as bad as bin Laden and we have an MSNBC a contributor who says this is just like Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the Civil War, the the January 6th, the the riot that lasted three hours where the only people killed were Trump supporters, where the only person shot was an Air Force veteran, Trump supporter, by a cop who then got a medal for shooting a protester. I don't remember the cops getting a lot of medals for uh, the way they treated rioters at the BLM riots or the uh, Antifa riots. Hell, the cities have, have have since paid the rioters because the cops in New York City, they paid the rioters $13 million because they said the cops were a little too rough on them. 
So this is yet again a great example of our two-tiered system of justice. But check this out. I'm not sure if the whole interview is going to come out. Uh, maybe the National Pulse. I'm not sure how they got a hold of it. They um, they released this, I believe, this morning. And maybe there's more to come. But tell me this isn't this doesn't uh, warrant uh, banner headlines. Tell me this isn't massive news. You are hearing from the, we've heard from a bunch of cops, a bunch of crisis actors on the Capitol Hill police, uh, you know, telling you this was the worst day in American history. And now we have the police chief saying he didn't get to do his job. He was essentially uh, told, let them, let them fight, let them riot, let them in the Capitol because we're going to use this. And God knows they have used it for two, for two and a half years. And they're using it today at four o'clock to arraign the former president on four felony charges, conspiracy uh, and others. Um, But maybe maybe we shouldn't uh, believe all we've heard from uh, the media about January 6th. Let's listen again. Stephen Sun, police chief, Capitol Hill police, since retired, he's got a book out. So maybe he's going to be appearing in other places but this is the first time we have heard his take publicly on what transpired on January 6th. Let's take a listen. We're very restrained and rational and not given an overstatement, obviously, but the facts that you are describing are shocking. That was a state reason why I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you write this book? I try to do what I can to get the truth out. Yes. You know, they didn't want me to testify in, uh, in February, on February 23rd at the Senate hearing. They only wanted people that are still currently in positions. I actually had to go in and talk to a friend of mine on one of the oversight committees to say, I will come there in person. I want to be there. I want to testify. So I'm glad you think I'm reserved. I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little pissed off um, because it, it doesn't have to happen. If, if people were reporting the intelligence correctly, if I was allowed to do my job as the chief, I got a significant experience. If I was allowed to do my job as the chief, we wouldn't be here today. This didn't happen. And then see how you know, you're out there, you're lambasted in public, and it's all, you know, everything appears to be a cover-up. Like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you look at the information the intelligence that it had, military had, uh, it's all watered down. I'm not getting intelligence. I'm denied support National Guard in advance. I'm denied National Guard while we're under attack for 71 minutes. You're in a fight? Yeah. A fight for a couple of minutes. Yeah, one wears minute. You out. One minute. <laughs> I was going to say, 60 seconds, three minutes. Yeah, Let me tell you, it wears you out. My officers were fighting for 80 minutes before the, the protesters ever broke the first one. Can I say, so you described this as a failure to get the intelligence to the people who needed it, but it sounds like worse than it sounds like they were hiding so, the intelligence. And that's what I'm getting at is could there possibly be that actually did something to happen and kind of wanted something to happen? It doesn't, it's not a far stretch to begin. Well, I don't know what the other explanation is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sad when you start putting everything together and thinking about the way this played out. Uh, it gets concerning. What was their end goal? You look at, you look at what's happening. Was that their end goal? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's no question that what happened on January 6th has, has really helped the Democratic Party. It's bravely politicized the U.S. military and the intelligence agencies and the mm-hmm. FBI. And those are all, I think, bad for America and violations of the Constitution, but they're all good for the Democratic Party. That's a fact. Like, that's what happened. 
Absolutely. And I, I write about that because as a cop of 30 years, I'm a, I'm a rule of law type of guy. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that Lady Justice is depicted with a blindfold. As soon as you cut that blindfold off, the fairness of our legal system goes out, goes out the window. And that is exactly what has happened. They have stripped that blindfold away from Lady Justice. And no, it's not perceived as being fair anymore. Wow. Um, we should mention that uh, the technical glitches are not our fault. It's not Ironhead's fault. That's the way the uh, video was released. And I guess that's the best you could do with this video. But that is un- that is just incredible. I, I, I mean, that is massive news by any definition. And once again, I know we do this every day. This will expose the the totally dishonest, corrupt mainstream media because they will ignore it. This is a, the police chief on duty that day saying he was not allowed to do his job. He was denied uh, National Guard and flat out saying that, you, that there's no other way to look at it. They wanted this to happen. And when you look at what's happened the last two and a half years, uh, it sure has worked out well for Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and the Democrats. They wanted it to happen. They wanted to use it against Donald Trump. They wanted to put MAGA Republicans in prison, and they have done just that. Uh, it's it's going to be an incredible thing to watch. If you're informed, if you're listening to us right now, if you're paying attention, you're going to hear today, tomorrow, the next day, how awful January 6th was. How You're going to hear it on this show. We're going to play uh, the way we're going to play some great examples of the way the Democrats are using January 6th still to this day, using it to the point where they want to imprison Trump for it. And there you have the police chief saying it was all a setup. Now, um, I'd say a year ago, you wouldn't be allowed to say this on Twitter. You'd be, I mean, you'd, you know, YouTube would take it down. The fix would be in because that's how it works. They probably knew that too. They could put MAGA Republicans in prison. They could arrest Donald Trump and they could censor people who dared reveal the truth. But I'm not sure they could suppress this. This will, at least on, you know, on Twitter and in right wing uh, websites, you will find out that the police chief thinks it was all a setup and he was there. He was on duty. He was trying to protect his officers and they wouldn't let him. The, the whole thing happened exactly the way Nancy Pelosi wanted it to. And the media, for the most part, is okay with that because they're on the same team. They want you to know this was worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor, because uh, a couple of uh, Trump supporters died and they did like a million dollars in damages. Now, the BLM riots, the Antifa riots caused billions in damages, injured 2,000 cops, cost 25 people their lives. That wasn't a threat to democracy. This was. It played out exactly how they wanted it to. And they will they'll, they'll use it not just to put Trump in prison. They'll use it politically for the rest of the time, for the rest of our lives. I wonder. Uh, I have my doubts. I wonder how many people will watch this, hear this, think, wow, we were not, it was not what it appeared. This whole thing was a setup. It was a, a, a really cynical, crass political decision on the part of, of Nancy Pelosi and others. Let's let them in. Let them riot. Let's use it. And, they, and it worked out perfectly. Could not have worked out better. That is a two-minute segment from Stephen Sun, the police chief, which Fox News, how, 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 
Fox News would not air. They had this interview. They spiked it. They killed it. They would not air it. It took somebody, somebody with guts to leak it to the National Pulse. And now we get to see, we get to hear the truth about January 6th. You get to hear all the lies, all the drama, all the exaggeration. Now we hear the truth. The chief, the chief of police says his staff, his people, his force were not allowed to do their jobs. They were not supported. Hell, the cops, someone got, you know, beaten up, attacked. What if they died? What if a cop, I mean, Trump supporters died. Nobody cares about that. You know, Ashley Babbitt got shot in the throat by this, this dirty cop, Michael Byrd. Nobody cares about that. What if the cops, what if it went the other way around? What if it was like a BLM riot or a, uh, and, and a David Dorn, a, a, a cop, had lost his life. What would we be saying today? That Nancy Pelosi, for political reasons, allowed a cop to die. She allowed Trump supporters to die. We're cool with that. But what if a cop had died? Would the, 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 Capitol, the Capitol building got trashed. We've seen it. We've seen it over and over again. And it is what they wanted. It was, it was I guess, I guess I should give her credit. It worked out beautifully. It worked out perfectly. Just the way she wanted and now we know the truth from the from the Capitol uh, police chief who has a book out, who is probably trying to get interviewed, get some publicity for his book. You want to see someone get blackballed, blacklisted? Watch this. That that right there, that interview, that two minute interview with Stephen Sun. That's a, probably be the last one you see. Maybe he'll appear on Newsmax. Maybe he'll appear on uh, some some podcasts. But for the most part, they ain't gonna touch it. It's just incredible. You know who they, you know, they love, they don't like Stephen son, the police chief. They love Michael Fanone. If you don't know who Michael Fanone is, you should. He's the creep with the neck tats. He was a Capitol uh, uh, cop on duty on January 6th. And he got roughed up like lots of cops get roughed up. You know what? It's part of the job. Ask the 2000 cops who got injured in the BLM riots. You know, ask the cops out there in the city out in Chicago and Baltimore every day fighting crime. This guy was forced to uh, fight crime one day and it traumatized him. I think he was on medical leave for a while. He, I don't know, he pretended he had whatever, had a concussion. He was on TV like three days later, looked fine. But then I think he retired. He's 42 years old. He retired with a full pension and he became a CNN contributor, a paid contributor on CNN. If you haven't seen him, he's the ultimate drama queen. He, he appeared before the January 6th committee, pounded the table, uh, just a real, real over-the-top crisis actor. He was on CNN, his, his employer, yesterday. You got to see this. You got to hear this. He's on with this, uh, I forget, Lauren Coates, the host, and uh, he's talking about Trump and January 6th. And uh, he goes a little over-the-top so much so that the host, who is a committed leftist, I can promise you that, was stunned. She was like, what? Let's listen to this clown, this crisis actor with the neck tats, uh, who is uh, who has capitalized on January 6th, like I think no one else. He wrote a book. He's been on TV. He's been on the speaking circuit. He never actually went back to work, I don't think, after January 6th, but uh, he sure has cashed in. This is from yesterday, talking about the uh, three-hour riot from two and a half years ago. Go ahead. Oop. Why isn't that playing? There we go. Proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment, uh, much in the way that I did 
when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden. Um, I just felt incredibly proud. These two um, seem comparable incredibly to you? proud to have been. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but the, why? Why are that? Why that comparison <clears throat> in particular? I believe they're comparable. In what way? Absolutely. Uh, Osama bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people uh, and against our republic. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people. You can imagine that that is a very eyebrow-raising statement, to say the least. The notion of Osama bin Laden in the comparison to Donald Trump, it likely speaks to just how deeply you have been concerned and have felt about all of this. But are you concerned that statements like that or the rhetoric surrounding what his role has been is going to cloud people's view of this indictment as a fair process? I think that the only person or people whose view matters uh, with regards to this indictment uh, are the jurors who will eventually be sat uh, and listen to the facts um, and ultimately make a judgment as to whether or not uh, Donald Trump is guilty of the charges that uh, Jack Smith and the Department of Justice uh, have brought forward. The DOJ, as Other you know, than that, what I say, what, what I say or, or what Republican lawmakers say um, is just, you know, shit to take up time on cable news. Well, <laughs> that is a CNN contributor, a paid CNN contributor. Uh, comparing uh, what happened on January 6th to 9-11, comparing Trump to bin Laden. Now, if you just want to do a quick compare and contrast, 3,000 Americans, 2,977 Americans were slaughtered on 9-11 by Muslim terrorists. Note the only Americans slaughtered on January 6th were Trump supporters. That is so insulting, so offensive. It should be offensive to every American, but you imagine being losing your parent, your father, your mother, your child on 9-11 and hearing this scumbag, former cop, crisis actor, comparing what you went through to what he went through. How about the cops who died? I believe it was 60-something cops. 343 firemen died on 9-11. No cops died on January 6th. This, this slime ball is just using this personally, selfishly using this. He hates Trump. Fine. Everyone on CNN hates Trump. Trump's not Bin Laden, you dirtbag. God, I, I mean, it just, credit to that host. Credit to her. She said, you realize what that sounds like? He didn't care. He thinks that's she, what you're supposed to do on CNN. She, compare yeah. Trump to Bin Laden. She gave him four outs there to retract right. that. And he didn't take a single four one Four chances to think twice, you nitwit. But he doesn't care. It's worked no. out great for him. He's kicking back on a full pension. Uh, he's famous in D.C. All the all the crazy you know Trump haters in D.C. probably love him. Gets paid to speak. Wrote a book that nobody read, but he probably made some money. These people are insane, and they're getting more insane now that they smell blood. They think they can put Trump in prison. They they live for that moment. It's like the most exciting point in their lives. Do you have Michael Beshloff with uh, 
Joe Scarborough from yesterday. This is allegedly, this is, this wasn't a, you know, uh, a half wit capital city, uh, capital police uh, officer. This was, this is a famous historian. This guy's written books. He used to be respected. Trump broke the man's brain. He comes on these panels they have on, on MSNBC where you got 27 people and they try to outdo each other. Let me see if I can hate Trump more than the other guy. Let me see. I'll go, you know, Eugene Robinson, he goes, and then, you know, Mike Barnacle goes, and then Joe Scarborough, and they take turns talking uh, it, it, about how much they hate Trump and how Trump is the worst threat to democracy. They just go on and on and on. This guy is creepy. He's like a lizard person. He really is. He's he's in his palatial office somewhere, and he just tries to, you know, allegedly put things in historical perspective. Listen to what he has to say about Trump's arrest, and uh, obviously on and on uh, his the the charges from uh, stemming from January sixth. I think he outdoes the other thirty two people on the panel on this day, and he's proud of himself. But this used to be a respected historian and author. Now he's, he's like someone on the view. He just speaks out his rear end and, and wants you to know that Trump's the worst thing to happen in America. And if Trump wins the, you know, our country is done over the democracy, you know, the, the sitting president is trying to put his chief political rival in prison. And these people who are so concerned about democracy stand and applaud. Let's watch. Kobeshloss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you. I saw your thread. Is that what we call them? I saw your thread last night. I guess uh, when you said, "Remember this night." Yeah. And and I I I went back through my lifetime, and you know, back when we were much much younger, Arms I remember crossed. For me, on August the 9th, 1974, my grandmom was driving me through Elmira Heights when the news broke on the radio Mm -hmm. that Richard Nixon had resigned. And that was one of those moments that stuck with me um, that really stood out. Remember this night, uh, what you said last night? I I, I suspect we all will be looking back on last night uh, as as a turning point in uh, this horrible chapter of American history. Totally agree. And I think one thing we'll remember is how last night and the 12 hours since uh, Jack Smith delivered that indictment with the help of a courageous grand jury, you know, how does this fit into the larger American story? I think the last 12 hours fit perfectly into the American story. And that is this. From time to time, America faces threats from monsters who want to destroy our democracy. That happened in 1861 with the Confederacy. Abraham Lincoln and, you know, northern soldiers and northern voters came to our rescue, saved the Union. The same thing happened in 1933. Almost at the last minute, Franklin Roosevelt came to power, (laughs) saved our economic system. Pearl Harbor, 1941, we were bombed. Our system was very much in danger. Our democracy, many people were getting it up and saying that, you know, the, the democracy had seen its last days. Franklin Roosevelt helped to put a coalition together at the last minute to save democracy and freedom around the world. 9-11, 2001, Jesus Osama bin Laden God. and other terrorists hated our democracy, tried to destroy it. You see where I'm going. What we see in this indictment is that on January 6, 2021, Donald Trump, just like those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system. 
to take away our rule of law came very close to doing it, to take away our system of elections, to take away our tradition of peaceful transfer of power to a new elected president. It almost happened. And the thing is, Joe and Mika and Willie and everyone, it's almost happening again this morning, just as you said. Right. It's almost happening. When did it almost happen? And why is it almost happening again now? These people have lost their minds. They've lost their reputations, their respect. These are clowns. This guy's an absolute clown on there trying to top the other panelists and say, I, I know, I know my history. And it's one of those moments like the Civil War, World War II, 9-11. <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, I don't know what he did. <laughs> that was that almost took away our democracy but it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter just if you hate trump if you think trump is hitler you compare him uh, you compare this to world war ii and saving our democracy they never explain exactly how trump's was going to take away our democracy and thank god joe biden stepped in and tries and is attempting to put his political rival in prison to you know to save our democracy trying to arrest all of trump's lawyers to save our democracy trying to imprison all his supporters who showed up at the capitol on january 6th you know put those people in jail without trial for years to save our democracy god these people are just clowns it's i don't know what they're going to do when trump goes away i don't know what are they going to i mean they they it just they will need another boogeyman, but there'll never be another boogeyman quite like Donald Trump for them. Uh, all right, before we get to, we, we got to get to the uh, Tucker with Devin Archer interview, which was just amazing. Just an amazing moment dropped yesterday. Um, this, uh, let me see, this came, this is in, this is from the New York times. I mean, it's no surprise to anybody, but uh, the New York times, I believe yesterday, Reports, this is big, that, uh, you know, Joe Biden, that, that cadaver that's laying on the beach in, Den, uh, in um, Delaware, he ordered the hit. He ordered Merrick Garland and, by extension, Jack Smith to go after his rival. The New York Times is admitting it. This is what they write. In the past, uh, Mr. Biden privately told his close circle of advisors that Mr. Trump posed a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted for his role in the events of January 6th, according to two people familiar with his comments. He also told confidants that he wanted Attorney General Merrick Garland to stop acting like a ponderous judge and take decisive action. The Attorney General's deliberative approach has come to frustrate Democratic allies at the White House and at times President Biden himself. As recently as last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Donald Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. That's the official newsletter of the Biden re-election campaign, the New York Times, admitting that Joe Biden ordered the hit on Donald Trump. And, you know, next time uh, Biden does an interview, he sits down with whoever, one of his campaign aides, you know, Andrea Mitchell, or Jake, he'll say, oh, it was completely independent. I had nothing to do with it. No one believes it. If you're watching along with us, this is the man, this is the leader of the free world. Usually I laugh at these pictures. This thing, this is just sad. This is disturbing. This is Joe Biden passed out on a beach chair with his shoes on, snoring, drooling on the beach. And I understand 
That's what people do on the beach. But how do you allow them to take a picture of you doing this? How do you allow this to get out? You're the president. You could go to a private beach. You could go to your pool. You could sit in your backyard. You could have the Secret Service you know, cordon off an area and keep everyone away. This is what he was doing yesterday. This is the guy that likes to say, watch me, watch me. You think I'm too old? You think I'm feeble? Yes, we do. Well, just watch me. Well, we're watching, Joe, and it is a national embarrassment. You think this picture's in like the Beijing Times or the, uh, the you know, whatever, the, the Moscow Weekly, thing, whatever. I mean, th- they see this. This is the opposite of a show of strength. This is our leader. This is our commander in chief. And he's passed out, probably as a probably wet himself right there, drool coming down the side of his face. Why would you allow this? That, that, I, I don't get it. These people like to control the message. Hell, they like to control the media and big tech. And yet they allow this photo out there today. What a humiliation. Well, all right, we got lots more to get to on this eventful August 3rd. Trump will be arraigned at 4 p.m. today in D.C. So the angry Trump-hating judge will handle that case. And uh, I don't know if he'll be fingerprinted and, and picture taken again. The Atlanta police chief said yesterday, he hasn't even been arrested in Atlanta yet, said he's guaranteeing they will take his mugshot. He, they will treat him like just another criminal. They're so excited. These people just, this is like, you know, Christmas morning to these people. Trump is getting arrested. They're giddy. And it's bad news yet again for Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley because Trump's numbers just keep going up every time they persecute him. He gets more popular with the base. We got to get to Tucker with Devin Archer. Just an amazing, amazing interview. <laughs> this, this is a bizarre one, too. Walking on the beach at night, Jill and Joe Biden. J- Joe Biden can barely walk through the sand, first say, of all. As you say, it looks like Joe Biden's holding the hand of a two-by-four. I mean, look at, his, look at his gait. He's struggling to walk through. The, why are they doing this? Why are you walking through the sand at night with cameras on you? What happened to these people? Why are they showing off? I mean, I know he thinks he's JFK and it looks virile to be on the beach shirtless, but uh, he's 80. It doesn't look good. It's a really bad look. And this is too, man, he is struggling just to walk. But uh, we got to get to uh, the greatest. You see a lot of videos of crimes these days, a lot of shoplifting videos and smashing grabs and vandalism and muggings on the street because cameras are everywhere. We have the best shoplifting video you have ever seen. I'm not, I'm not overstating it, overhyping it. This, I tweeted this out yesterday. Everybody is enjoying the hell out of this. We'll play it and we'll tell you about it. I think we have some of the details. We'll get to that and lots more, but first. Excuse me. We love MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. My pillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. Get it now and you can support this show. Because like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. 
by purchasing from my pillow. Not only are you helping out us, but you're joining in the fight against the cancel culture crowd. My pillow isn't in big box stores for obvious reasons. So you can get factory direct pricing. If you order from MyPillow.com using code word, Jerry, you get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free half off slippers, six piece towel sets, regular one Oh nine 99, just thirty nine ninety nine with code word Jerry. That's mypillow.com promo code Jerry. All right, from the grave, Tucker Carlson appears yesterday. This is before the the uh, interview dropped with him and the police chief, Stephen Sund. That was leaked to some to by somebody, probably at Fox News, to someone at the National Pulse. That is big, big deal, which means the mainstream media will ignore it. This is Tucker's job now, doing uh, Twitter videos until uh, further notice, and they're great and for a couple of reasons. They are newsmaking, to be sure, and they're short. This is a 12-minute interview. Tucker Carlson with Devin Archer, and I see this drop, and immediately I'm thinking, how the hell does he do it? How did you do it? Devin Archer wouldn't talk to the media before he went into court the other day, after he left court. I mean, he hasn't leaked, what, he hasn't sat with the New York Times or with CNN or MSNBC the people that would be sympathetic to, to him and support him and spin it. If he wanted to spin it, they would do what Dan Goldman did. They would lie and say, Oh no, there was never any talk of business. It was only you know, talking about the weather and niceties. That was the lie. Dan Goldman, the new Adam Schiff told the world after the, uh, uh, the questioning of Devin Archer. Again, Goldman was the only Democrat. He did the questioning. We got the transcript now, by the way, and uh, we can get to some of it because it just puts the lie to everything Goldman said. And he knew it. He knew. I mean, he's sleazy, he's slimy, but he's not dumb. He knew the transcript was coming out and he lied anyway. That Just like Adam Schiff, they don't care. Anyway, this drops yesterday. I'm thinking, how the hell did Tucker get Devin Archer to sit down? My theory is he knows him. He Tucker lived in D.C. for 30 years. He knew Hunter Biden. They were friends. Their kids were like played sports together. They lived near each other. I don't think they're friends anymore, but Devin Archer was Hunter's best friend. So I'm going to guess Tucker knew Devin Archer, put in a call, got him to sit down. And Devin Archer, like everybody else who's done business with the Bidens, got burned. We'll get to Hunter Biden and his uh, and, and uh, the rental house. He and his wife destroyed before they skipped out with him paying the rent. You know, the smartest guy, Joe knows Joe's really proud of him. Just he's, he's just the ultimate scumbag. Anyway, Devin Archer sits down with Tucker and essentially you have, I don't know, this is part one. I'm not sure what's coming in part two. Part one includes, I'm going to say three or four smoking guns. The evidence that Joe Biden has been lying for years, that Joe Biden's involved in the business that Joe Biden sold out this country is overwhelming. There's no other way to put it. It is overwhelming. Joe Biden, according to Devin Archer, got the prosecutor fired. And if he hadn't, Burisma would have gone under. Burisma was paying Hunter Biden a million bucks a year. The the founder of Burisma bribed Joe Biden with five million bucks for, uh, for him, five million bucks for Hunter. Devin Archer was on the board making money, too. He was in the middle of it. And he knows. He said the Biden brand was what... Hunter Biden was selling the Biden brand, putting Joe Biden on the phone, getting Joe Biden involved. Joe Biden, according to this uh, transcript, we mentioned this yesterday, had dinner with the Russian oligarch at Cafe Milano in D.C. He had dinner with a Chinese communist uh, businessman at the same restaurant. 
he wrote a letter of recommendation for the commie's daughter to get into Brown. I don't know how dumb she must be. It needs, it needs the vice president to get her into Brown. Um, but uh, they, they laid this all out. Devin Archer laid this all out. The media's ignoring it and, and insisting they talked about the weather. And he just, he took a call from his son. What was he supposed to do? Hang up? I mean, this is just incredible what we're seeing. We're seeing a case made that the president is a foreign agent, that he has sold out this country, that he and his family have made tens of millions of dollars. We're seeing it proven. The case is being proven in real time and the media is ignoring it because Trump, 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 Trump. (laughs) I don't know how long it can go on. I know the Congress is on vacation for a month or more than a month till September. So we won't hear any more about impeachment for a while, but there's just one impeachable offense after another. We have a couple of cuts from Devin Archer. He was a little, you know, little cagey, little dodgy, as you'd expect. But he he flat out lays the case out that Joe Biden was intricately involved in the business. Not talked about the business, not met business associates, was involved in the business. He was the Biden brand. The, The crackhead who was dumb as a dog was making millions for one reason only, his father was involved, period. But let's watch a little bit of Tucker with Devin Archer from uh, yesterday. It's been reported, and you have said that there were occasions when uh, Joe Biden would call in with clients present on a speakerphone. Right. How how many times do you think that happened? I mean, over a 10-year partnership, I would, um, you know, the number I'm going with is 20. That's probably the, the, the amount that I so kind of record. Yeah, a lot, you can say. So Joe Biden, who's very much a product of Washington, of course, must have known that he was calling in to effectively a business meeting that his son was having. I mean, he must have understood that that, that was kind of what his son was selling. Well, that's, I mean, it's hard for me to speculate on that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I guess my question, just to keep it to the facts, Joe Biden, then the sitting vice president, knew that there were Hunter's business associates in the room. Yeah, I think I can, I can definitively say at particular dinners or meetings, he knew there were business associates and he, you know, we, or if I was there, I was a business associate too. Yeah. Um, so I think, or if, you know, any of the other colleagues from the DC office or the New York office were there. So yeah, at times there were from the, you know, to be, you know, completely clear on the calls. I don't know if it was an orchestrated call in or not. It certainly was powerful though, because, you know, if you're sitting with a foreign business person and you hear the vice president's voice, that's prize enough. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty impactful stuff for anyone. He he sent a letter. Hunter uh, Tucker has a copy of it in his hand. The letter Joe Biden said, said he was quote happy. The two were partners and he wrote a little note at the end. He is, it is on the vice presidential stationery. His son, as we know, is a drug addict and a moron. And he hooks up with this guy who seems really sharp. He went through his credentials. Uh, he's Ivy League and he's uh, you know, graduate degrees and he was on Wall Street. Hooks up with this guy who's going to help uh, help his drug-addled friend make millions overseas. And Joe Biden sends him a letter on vice presidential stationery thanking him with a little note that says, happy you guys are together in reference to the Rosemont Seneca Partners investment firm. Uh, and Tucker had it, the letter in his hand. And Tucker points out, this is illegal. It's illegal. He can't do this. 
And yet the media will probably today, they'll probably today say, Joe was just helping out, you know, just saying hi to his son's friends and talking about the weather and other niceties. But what else we got from uh, Devin Archer and Tucker? Uh, this is him talking about that letter. Oh, good. Let's listen to him talk about the letter and point out it's, it's you can't do that. You can't do it. Go ahead. What's he thanking you for? Well, uh, you know, first of all, it's a lovely letter and it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite enthusiastic. It's a little weird though, right? Yeah. Well, it was, it, listen, it was, it was kind of the beginning of our partnership and he was thanking me and thanking Hunter, I think at the end of the day for bringing this idea of this government regulatory strategic advisory business into the private equity world. And I think he was excited about the prospects for Hunter and, um, you know, he was, uh, just, just thanking me. I think it was a nice gesture. <laughs> illegal a nice gesture thing knowing that they were about to cash in knowing he was selling the office of vice president uh to the world there's the letter right there with a little note at the end god and you know good luck hearing anything about this in the uh, corrupt corporate media today but looking forward to part two i think it's going to be even better and uh I think eventually we're going to find out that, that Devin Archer got burned by the Bidens because everybody gets burned by the Bidens. Uh, you know, as Joe likes to say, don't F with the Bidens. Well, uh, you uh, F with the Bidens, you get burned. Um, I'll give you a quick Hunter Biden update. Hunter and his uh, little, his, I don't know, what is this, second, third wife? I don't know. I don't know, I'm, I don't know if she has any sisters, but he's probably banging them too. But it's, it's probably his fourth cousin. From, uh, yeah. New York Post, Hunter Biden left his $25,000 per month California rental in a state of disarray and even stiffed the owner on months of rent. Biden, 53, and his wife, Melissa Cohen, 37, rented a sleek property in Venice Beach overlooking the Grand Canal, but quickly their state turned out to be a headache for then-owner Jonathan Neiman, co-founder of uh, Sweet Cream. Uh, they were totally disrespectful of Jonathan and his wife. A source told the Daily Mail, Melissa was rude and entitled. They destroyed the stereo equipment, and when someone came to fix it, they were uncooperative. They left the place dirty. Uh, Once Biden and Cohen moved out, Neiman unloaded the the property at almost a million-dollar loss. Biden and Cohen only lived there for six months, meaning they skipped out on half their rent. They owe the guy $80,000, and they didn't pay. These, these are just the trashiest, scummiest, worst people in the world. Imagine getting a, a rental, a beautiful Venice Beach home and not paying the rent. They got pictures of it. New York Post, an amazing place. And uh, we were spending, I mean, we are spending like 10000 a month on Secret Service protection for him. In a related note, Joe Biden, you know, that guy who brought decency and respect back to the White House, denied RFK Jr. Secret Service protection. Denied Secret Service protection for a guy whose father and uncle were assassinated. A guy who's out there challenging, challenging the regime, challenging authority. He's, they denied him Secret Service protection. And they also just denied Secret Service protection for his four-year-old granddaughter, Navy Joan Roberts, who they just uh, acknowledge actually exists. But uh, let me do Shay, and then we're going to get to... Uh, the greatest, the greatest shoplifting video 
Again, we've seen a lot of shoplifting videos, many of them disturbing. They make me sick when I see guys just do the smash and grab and the employees let them do it. And nobody cares. It's just like they're not going to arrest me. The lawlessness in our inner cities is, is nauseating. But sometimes store owners, they don't wait for the cops. They don't. They take matters into their own hands. And it is glorious. Uh, we'll get to that. And an update on uh, my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Sound of Freedom. In fact, it's the only movie I've seen at a theater in the last three years. But uh, we'll give you an update, and it's good news. But first, uh, it's, 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 uh, excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right. As far as we can tell, this is, and I'm going to describe it if you're just listening. And you got to go go to your, whatever, your phone, your computer, and watch it at some point. At some point in the next day or two, you got to see this because it is, get a lot of bad news news these days, you know, on the crime front, a lot of poor people getting mugged and beaten and a lot of little old Asian ladies getting punched in the face or pushed on subway tracks. And these, these shoplifting videos are particularly disturbing. The, the idea, I don't know why it really bothers me. The thought that you can go into whatever Walgreens or CVS or the local convenience store and just take, or, or go into high end jewelry stores and just take what you want knowing the cops won't do anything about it, knowing the Democrat policies in these inner cities encourage crime. Uh, we've gone over it before. The, the, went through the list of crimes. Rachel Rollins legalized when she took office as U.S. attorney. She's since been ousted, but it works that way everywhere, in New York and, and all the big cities, L.A., where they don't enforce shoplifting if it's under 900 bucks, so people just go and take what they want. Uh, well, I believe this is in Stockton, California, and uh, uh, we're not sure. We don't know who the guy is, but the guy goes in with a trash barrel and just starts at a 7-Eleven and just starts stealing everything he can grab. Um, this is from the New York Post. The shocking video of the armed robbery shows one of the employees holding the thief. We'll get to that. But he takes a trash barrel, a 20-gallon trash can, and fills it with cigarettes, cigars, vapes, and anything else he could to toss into it. And you got it. We need to watch it with sound because the guy has a friend who's videotaping it. I guess they think it's funny. And he just keeps saying, ain't nothing you can do about it to the owner of the store and the workers. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You know, you got insurance. Cops are going to do nothing. Well, let's watch a little bit of it because... Uh, I don't think that was accurate. I don't, I think there was actually something these store owners 
they're Sikh, by the way. And many people pointed out online that these guys are warriors and they don't take any crap from anybody. And they sure aren't going to let their store get looted and stand by and watch. Go ahead, play it. There's the barrel. That's a lot of it's whistle value right there. All those packs of cigarettes. That guy's definitely not carrying a gun, by the way. He keeps faking it. He's got a knife, right? He's got a knife. Yeah, but he said he's yeah, going to get the strap, which means gun. He's trying to bluff him. Uh, he's got... He's, and he just keeps going. He's filling a barrel. And he's got, like, a hood over his head. And all these guys, there's nothing you can do about it. And they're saying, you know, we're going to call the cops or you can't do that or stop or whatever. And he just laughs at them, ignores them, and keeps filling the barrel. That has to be thousands of dollars worth of cigarettes, by the way. Oh, yeah. California, look at that. Listen, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Ain't nothing you can do about it, bro. Ain't nothing you can do about it. That's the attitude of most shoplifters these days. And these seat guys are going, what are we going to do? He starts to leave. And one of the guys holds him down. <laughs> this is so great. Holds him down, and the other guy's got like a stick. It's not a baseball bat, but it's some kind of it's almost pole. almost like a kendo stick. Yeah, and he's just pounding, beating him, beating him. One guy holds him down, and the guy, the scumbag shoplifter, starts begging for mercy. No. Oh, <laughs> he's wild. The back pounding away. <laughs> his friend, his friend turned on him. That's so funny. He goes, "Hi, he's whooping your ass." <laughs> That's right. His friend is videotaping this. I hope they get lots of hits on TikTok with this video because this is glorious. It's in California, so they probably have already arrested the store owners and the charging with felonies. If it were New York, that that poor store owner wouldn't see the light of day. He'd be in prison already. But we need more of that. We need more of that. That is just an awesome, awesome video. All right, before we go, congratulations to this is this is stunning. Sound of Freedom, a great new movie you should all go see about child sex trafficking, a, a uplifting story, an eye-opening story. Oh, I thought you were gonna do the new um Biden uh, photo. Go to the new one today. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sound of Freedom has earned more domestically than Mission Impossible which is amazing. Uh, summer blockbuster Mission Impossible. Sound of Freedom passed 150 million already. Sound of Freedom cost 14.5 million to make. Mission Impossible cost 290 million to make. So that would be one, that would be 5%. Uh, the cost of the cost of Mission Impossible they spent to make Sound of Freedom and it passed 150 million and it'll never win an award and never get a good review from the New York Times, but it's a great movie. You should go see it. Congratulations to those movie makers. They're making money by making a movie that's important, that's, uh, that's suspenseful, that's riveting, and uh, it, it will, uh, you will not regret it. Go see Sound of Freedom. Support them. Support these guys. Support this, this thing and get a real eye-opening look at the uh, problem with uh, child sex trafficking. There he is, our commander-in-chief, passed out 
in his own urine in a beach chair on the beach in Delaware while his while his capos take out his chief political enemy. Today, he'll be passed out on a beach chair again, and Donald Trump will be in uh, in federal court in D.C. And you know what? It's just going to strengthen. It did, Trump's numbers are going to go up after today, and it's essentially the primary. Uh, the the primaries are over thanks to the uh, the corrupt Biden DOJ. But all right, that will do it for today. We'll be watching that tomorrow, today, and talking about it tomorrow. I am sure. But that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. God save the Queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.